Hello, and welcome to The Dirt, a podcast about archaeology, anthropology, and our shared human past. I'm Anna, and Amber is currently off on a whirlwind trip doing a whole bunch of life and work admin, so this week we're doing something a little bit different. But first, a belated shout out to some new patrons. Pew, pew, pew. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Melissa, Marie, Tom, Kaylee, and Pam for supporting the show over at patreon.com slash the dirt podcast. Um, the switch to ghosts that we talked about a few episodes back isn't going to happen for a little while yet. So if you do want to support the show and get that bonus content, patreon.com slash the dirt podcast is the place to do that for the time being. And if you do want to support the show in other ways or contribute to the Pass the Mic grant program, you can do that with a one-time donation at paypal.me slash the dirt podcast. You can also tell folks about us, leave reviews and ratings in units of five stars, and just keep hanging out and listening. We love that you're here. Okay, so something a little bit different. Many of you are probably already aware, but in case you're a new listener, hi. One of the many hats that I wear is that of a science communicator. So I write articles that are meant for the average person who wants to learn about archaeology and the past. I've been working on an article that I'm going to be pitching soon in response to some aspects of the Graham Hancock and Ancient Apocalypse kerfuffle that I've been thinking a lot about. So I thought... Why not share the first draft of that and then follow up with a later episode about the process of workshopping and editing and all the changes that an article goes through before it actually hits a website? As I said, it's a bit different. And let us know at thedirtpodcast at gmail.com if you like this kind of podcast as workshop idea, and we can do things like it more often. Um, our goal is to to be a tool for education however we can. So if this is useful, let us know. And many, many thanks up front to Chris Stantis, friend of the show, past guest of the show, and just all around terrific person for batting this idea around with me until words happened. Uh, you're the best. Okay. So here we go. Um, this is the first draft. I've been working on it for two or three days. And again, this is probably going to go through quite a lot of changes before uh, it appears as a version that is available for the public to read. So keep that in mind. Here we go. Ahem. For the past six years or so, I've been creating content for the public with the goal of distilling and explaining archaeology and science. This content has included articles for Sapiens and other outlets, along with more than 200 episodes of The Dirt Podcast, a show about archaeology, anthropology, and our shared human past. I've led workshops on writing, about science for the public, and on podcasting. I'm currently a producer on the kids' podcast team at American Public Media, working on shows like Brains On and Forever Ago to teach kids of all ages about science and history. I think of myself as a translator, focusing on a storytelling approach to bring the past to life and explaining the science behind the story along the way. Recently, I've been thinking more about archaeology's role in public service and the responsibilities of online archaeologists. Social media is a tool that savvy archaeologists can wield in the face of clickbait grifters and racist pseudoscience. Ultimately, however, responsible archaeology is in service to humanity. We tell the stories of lives in the past, through careful science we bring meaningful nuance to the human story, and for archaeologists who create content, it is the human element, past and present, that should be at the core of what we do. 
Social media is a double-edged sword for anyone seeking to educate via platforms like YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. On one hand, it can counteract the idea that archaeologists are concealing earth-shattering truths about the past. Case in point, the ongoing dispute between archaeologists and Graham Hancock, host of the Netflix show Ancient Apocalypse. The show has prompted many of my fellow archaeologists to speak out on social media platforms and to write thoughtful pieces on the harmful pseudoscience of Hancock's assertions. For any readers coming late to the party, Ancient Apocalypse attempts to demonstrate the existence of an advanced human society during the most recent Ice Age, which lasted from approximately 120,000 years ago to 12,500 years ago. Hancock also draws explicit connections between this society and the lost city of Atlantis. Neither of these claims is supported by any actual evidence, and Atlantis first appears in the written record not as a historical account, but as a fictional city. It was a rhetorical device used by Plato to outline his thoughts on the way the Greek state should function. This is the least egregious part of Hancock's argument. During the last Ice Age, human populations were doing just fine in many locations on Earth. For the majority of the time, they were primarily hunter-gatherer societies. Agriculture as a widespread practice was only just getting started 12,000 years ago as the climate shifted to more temperate conditions. Archaeologists have yet to find any indication that technological and cultural development was bestowed on hunter-gatherers by the survivors of the catastrophic flood that swamped Atlantis, as Hancock claims. For a point-by-point debunking of Hancock's main arguments, see Bill Farley's video, also previous guest on The Dirt Podcast, while archaeologist and prolific public outreach creator Flint Dibble provides a thorough and insightful look at the racism and prejudice embedded in this theory. There's little need for me to retread the myriad problems with ancient apocalypse when my colleagues have done an excellent job already. I've been mulling over a different aspect of this conflict after seeing the responses by archaeologists to the recent catastrophic earthquakes in Turkey. One example in particular stuck with me. On Twitter, an archaeologist whom I respect posted about the earthquakes with no initial context, save that they were a relatively short distance from the archaeological site of Gebekli Tepe. There was no mention of the devastating effects on the people living in nearby cities. Granted, Twitter is not the place for nuanced discourse. The 280-character limit leaves little room for context or clarification. However, I was not the only person who read the tweet as oddly unfeeling in the face of real human tragedy. In a conversation about this tweet thread with my colleague Chris Stantis, she summed up the issue we were both wrestling with, and she said, and I quote, When working on my master's research, I was preparing samples under the tutelage of Professor Jane Evans. When sample teeth cracked, when instrumentation failed, when data were not as exciting as we hoped, Professor Evans would shrug and say, at the end of the day, it's just archaeology. We have a chance to bring incredible richness to the past in ways that influence the present and future, restoring identities, integrating biological and social lives, and adding to people's stories. But ultimately, it is just archaeology. End quote. Why is it so important to remember that it's just archaeology? The reasons for recentering human lives in discussion of archaeology are the same factors that make Graham Hancock's content so dangerous. It is all too easy to see the past as a flat, static place, like a museum diorama. Our brains have difficulty processing vast concepts like deep time. What's more, the average person might only encounter the idea of life tens of thousands of years ago by going to museums. 
exhibits in museums are populated with objects, or, too often, people displayed like objects. To be responsible curators of material from the past, archaeologists need to emphasize the humanity of that past. People who lived tens, hundreds, or thousands of years ago were as complex and intelligent as we are today. Every living person had emotions, thoughts, desires, and a whole interior life. These are people who loved and were loved, who were a part of a community, who shared ideas, and laughed and cried. Unfortunately, it is easy to lose sight of that when we are separated from those people by many, many generations. To focus on material objects only as data points does a disservice to the real function of archaeology. Archaeologists study life in the past. We study people. As we tell the stories of past cultures, it should be our responsibility to keep human experience and empathy at the forefront. This is one of the most subtly dangerous aspects of the type of pseudo-archaeology that Graham Hancock peddles. Hunter-gatherers were complex, intelligent people with a deep knowledge of their world and plenty of technological skill. For those in Hancock's camp, it is too easy to think of hunter-gatherers as primitive and only capable of advancing when aided by an external, civilizing force. Hancock is parroting the same rhetoric that has been the foundation of colonialist views for centuries. For example, in Ancient Apocalypse, Hancock suggests that his advanced civilization was responsible for several major North American earthworks, or mounds. In doing so, he ignores ample archaeological and historical evidence that these mounds were made by local indigenous groups. However, to acknowledge that fact would be to say that indigenous Americans were more than primitive. That would suggest that the populations subjected to centuries of genocide by colonial powers were as human as their oppressors. And for many, like Hancock, it is deeply uncomfortable to acknowledge the deep current of racism that lies just underneath those ideas. Instead, it is easier to attribute civilization to a hypothetical culture from a fictional city. Ultimately, I am glad that Graham Hancock's show and its irresponsible presentation of the past have stirred up so much opposition from archaeologists. Hancock is doing more than just asking questions or claiming to be a reliable source outside of academia. He is actively propagating ideas that harm real living populations. He is capitalizing on a history of oppression, and he is denying the humanity of people in the past and their descendant communities today. So please, let's keep criticizing Hancock's pseudoscience. Let's keep creating content that shows how archaeology really works. But let's do so with empathy. Let's remember that we serve the public, and it's the people that matter. Okay, so that is the first draft. And uh, I will I will leave it there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope that this kind of process this this series i hope is what it turns into i hope that this will prove to be useful and in the meantime i hope that this uh, initial draft also um provides some clarity about some of the issues with graham hancock stuff and um in the show notes i will provide the links that i will use in the article itself i'm going to hyperlink a bunch of things in the article and link to content by Flint Dibble, Bill Farley, Holly Walters, among other uh, colleagues who have written things about uh, the issues with ancient apocalypse. So hope you enjoyed this. Again, the dirt podcast at gmail.com. If you have thoughts or, you know, kindly worded critique, um, we'd love to hear it. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Bye. Mm-hmm.